Hello, Jesus. New York sports fans. We are back with another episode of Jersey Turnpike Boys. I am Zach, along my co-host Nick. With Nick, what's going on, man? Zach, it's been a long winter, but baseball is finally back. Yeah, Thursday, Mets, Marlins, and Yankees, Giants kick off the MLB season. Uh, we got a lot of look to look forward to this season, I think. Well, both teams had a great regular season last year, but neither team can get it done in the postseason. We'll see. I don't really know if either roster is better than last year. Uh, I mean, I don't. Well, the Mets roster, sh- it, honestly, on paper, it does look a little. It is a little improved. I mean, losing Edwin Diaz definitely hurts. Hurts a lot. Your bullpen's a huge scare. Yeah, there's question marks in the bullpen, but you're you got some question marks on offense. You very well, much should be worried about someone... Daniel Vogel back. Yeah, at least Ruff got DFA'd. But we still have someone who can lead the National League in home runs. We have the reigning batting champion, and we have an all-star shortstop. So yeah, but what do you have? We do have a great starting pitching. We added last year's Cy Young Award winner. We have Scherzer. We have a solid outfield. If the outfield can stay healthy, that's a very good outfield. That's one of the best outfields in the National League. Yeah, but I also feel like you have a lot of duds in your lineup too. With um, like Nito, for Nito, Vogelback won what one for fifteen in the spring training this year. Yeah, Vogelback struggled. I mean, he struggled a lot of last season too, right? He he came when when he first got traded to the Mets, he was hot, and then after that, kind of slumped through the rest of the season. But but we have Marte have... back, Marte back and healthy. We also know he had that hand injury during the postseason last year, and that definitely plagued him in the San Diego uh, series. But if he comes back healthy, he's a guy who can produce for this Mets team. Hopefully, Nimmo can stay healthy again and produce. Hopefully, Canna can produce and consistently get on base for this Mets team. We all saw what Escobar did in the month of September. So if Escobar can have more consistent season at third, he could be a big contributor to this team. This team has the pieces. They're not a complete team. The holes that they have are huge holes. The bullpen, the bullpen is time, definitely a question mark. But the then, question mark. then besides Alonzo, McNeil, and Lindor, are you really that confident in the rest of your lineup getting big hits? I know you just preach about the outfields. What about but... Sterling Marte? Okay. Brandon we'll Nimmo Sterling. Brandon Nimmo gets on base like an absolute machine. That's only half of your lineup. Okay. What about the other? There's four guys that still have the bat every day. I trust Canna. Canna's a guy who's proven he's a veteran. He's proven himself in getting big hits over the course of his career. You I just think the holes that the Mets do have are gaping wide holes, which I think is the concern. The and maybe the, they lack bullpen depth, I think is what it is. You they know, there's some solid relievers in the pen, but they lack depth in the bullpen. And you don't know, they don't have that bona fide closer. And what I also think concerns me about the Mets is, like I said, the question marks are major question marks, but you're, it's not a walk in the park with the Mets have to deal with either because you're probably playing in the best division in baseball. 
the Braves are probably the favorites to win the NLE. So let's be realistic here. And then the Phillies are no walk in the park either. Um, obviously the Marlins are a piece of cake for everyone. Um, the Marlins are not a piece of cake from everyone. They have good starting pitching. They have the reigning national. Maybe I'm thinking of the Cy Nationals, maybe. Award winner. Yeah. The Nationals. Who knows what they're doing? What a collapse, Washington, right? They won the World Series just four years ago. And what a 180 that team's taken. They basically sold off everyone on that team. They're just doing a complete rebuild now. Yep. That's crazy. So I don't know. I I think what the Mets need to do, and I'll probably talk about it a little bit more with the Yankees too, is they need to just get to the trade deadline and have a decent record at the trade deadline. If you have a decent record there, you can fill the gaping holes. Because what you you're say gonna gaping need... holes? Where are these gaping holes other than the bullpen? I mean, out of Vino, you, do you have a for us last year? Do you Drew have a Smith DH? produced for us? Negotix has been some guy. But you, want, been, but you want Adovino closing your games? The closer is a question mark. I mean, it's you're not okay ideal, with Vogel back at DH? Him. He's a guy who ha- has produced in the past. Uh, he's probably he's definitely the, a bigger question mark. That rough signing was that rough signing was rough. <laughs> a little play on words. I much rather have uh, JD Davis there at DH. Well, have JD the availability of JD Davis behind Vogel back at DH that would be ideal, but yeah, they definitely lack DH. But we do have Beatty in the minors right now. We have Alvarez in the minors right now. So those are two guys right now who could be call ups. Same with Tyler McGill. You're okay if you with, want to okay. add some bullpen de- bullpen depth. Let me go through it now because I am looking at the Mets lineup to be exact. So Nimmo in center. Um, Starling Marte and whatever, either right or left. Lindor at short, Alonzo at first. Jeff McNeil at second. Mark Hanna at either left or right. Vogel back at DH. Eduardo Escobar at third base. And then Omar Narv. How do you say that last name? Uh, Omar Narvez. At catcher. So you're telling me, look, I don't think your top six is bad. I don't think Mark Kana, I don't think Brandon Nemo are like lights out players, but they're good players. But then that bottom of the lineup is big question mark. Roll back, like I said. Yeah, you have Eduardo two like, defensive ca- catchers who don't hit for really high averages. And then so you have Rollback and Eduardo there. Escobar who also are not hitting for average. Brett Beatty, you're going to be okay, comfortable with Brett Beatty out there and doing something the first few months of the year? Well, if Beatty gets called up to this team. I forgot Beatty didn't get called up. Yeah, you're okay with Eduardo Escobar at third? Yeah, I mean, Giorme also is a guy who can hit for average. So you can platoon him in, give him some starts at third, some starts at DH. You can play around with him as well. He's a good utility guy for this team. I don't know. I think you have some major concerns. The weaknesses are going to be very outlying for the Mets to start the season. They just got to somehow get to the trade deadline so they can get a closer and they can maybe get an extra bat in there, either a third or a DH. They just got to have to hold strong. And look, Yankees are in probably a similar position to last year too, kind of moving into the Bronx a little bit. You kind of said at the beginning of the show, we kind of just talked about the Mets and how 
the Mets have major concerns and probably aren't as good as they were last year. Yankees really aren't that much better either. Because you got to look at the lineup. So, obviously, the realistically, they're going to make the playoffs, hopefully make the championship series again. But the gap is the Astros. And when you look at the moves the Yankees made this offseason, what have they really done to improve the team? You re-signed Aaron Judge. Okay, you're back to neutral. You brought in Carlos Rodon. So, you got a good uh, starting pitcher in there. But the weakness of the Yankees was that they couldn't hit in the postseason. They haven't done anything really to improve that. Obviously, you're hoping DJ's back and healthy. You also rem- you have to remember all the bullpen injuries the Yankees had last year, too. The Yankees' bullpen got decimated by injuries, I felt like, last season. So getting them back healthy is almost like getting a good offseason acquisition yeah, in some sense. But, but even, okay, we're... I was kind of hearing this discussion a little bit earlier today. So obviously the Yankees got swept in the ALCS by the Astros last year. And you can blame it on injuries with LeMahieu out, Benintendi out. And obviously you're talking about the uh, bullpen arms as well. A lot of bullpen arms out. With the Yankees, did it make a difference? Would the Yankees really still win that series if those guys are healthy? I don't know if they win, but it's definitely a more competitive series. But okay, those no, are some true. stars in your lineup. Those are the major pieces of your team. No, I 100% agree with you. And look, I still don't think the Yankees would have been the Astros with them last year. And like I said, all you did this offseason is bring back Judge, add another good starting pitcher. You didn't really add anything else to the batting lineup, which is what caused them to lose and get swept in the AFCS last year. And like I said, I don't think they're. They're a tick better than they were last year, maybe at best. But they've added – their big free agent sign was Carlos Rodon, who the starting pitching wasn't really a weakness for the Yankees last year. You just made that rotation better. You need a couple more bats in the lab. You're having, you have no choice but to throw Donaldson and Aaron Hicks out there every day right now, which is a problem. I guess you're banking what did on – Hicks hit, hit, hit last year? Hicks couldn't <sighs> buy a hit last year. No. no. And – I guess what you can maybe consider is that you're banking on Anthony Volpe to produce this year as well. Well, you're putting a lot of pressure on Anthony Volpe. You, I know, and that's high kind of the route that they've gone. Coming in first season, the big leagues, no really major offseason acquisitions other than, uh, other than pitching, other than adding to the pitching staff. From a batting standpoint, you're putting a lot of pressure on this rookie. Yeah, the I guess big you're thinking, market team. I guess you're thinking that you're gonna have a full season of Harrison Bader who hit really well in the playoffs last year. But even let's be realistic, Zach. I'm naming a lot of these guys. Bader's already gonna miss part of the season. Severino's out to start the season. Rodon. Carlos Rodon's out to start the season. Tom Lee Canley's out to start the season. I don't even know who the fifth pitcher is at this point. I think he was like their 30th best prospect in their farm system. He's the fifth pitcher. I don't even know his name when I saw it. So Yankees have an uphill climb the first start of the year. Plus we'll talk about Volpe and how great it was that he made the team, but you kind of have to expect him to struggle. Hopefully he doesn't struggle out of the gate because they really can't afford that, but he's going to struggle at some point too. Yeah. Volpe definitely earned his spot on this team though. The way he, no, he 100% did, but you're the one issue. I think the one question mark they had about Volpe 
and why they maybe didn't consider having him start on opening day is because he's only played 21 games in triple A. Zach, he was in double A at Somerset in July. I was at Somerset to go see Anthony Volpe play. He was called up probably last week of August, first week of September, and just played the month in uh, Scranton in September. So he only has 21 games in AAA as well. How old is he? He's like 21 or 22. Yeah, he's 21. It's a, it's a great story, and the Volpe certainly earned it. I think we all can't argue that. And I think he's maybe shown he is ready or any concerns they did have about him not being ready isn't there. But you are literally putting a 21 kid out there that has no big league experience, has only 21 games in AAA. He's going to have a learning experience to start the year. And look, I think he's the real deal. And I think from an attitude standpoint, he handles everything the way the Yankees want someone to handle it, and especially all the pressure that's on him. I think he's handled it no problem. And it shows with his performance in spring training this year. The guy lit it up. But you have to be also spring training too. too. Yeah, Jake's that's true with a grain too. of salt. You have to take that with a grain of salt. I don't disagree with that either. Um, but yeah, then you do have the holes in the lineup. Aaron Hicks now has to start on opening day. Um, Josh Donaldson's still going to be a third base. There's some bad contracts with the Yankees too. You don't even know what you're doing with Isaiah Connor Falefa right now. He's Kind of going to be an outfield utility guy right now. You, might you get don't some know start, starts at short. Maybe you don't know what your future with Glaber Torres is either. Because if you want Oswald Peraza to come up, who's now down Triple A because he didn't win the starting position, you're going to want him to come up at some point too. And there's no room for him on the team unless you trade Glaber. Yeah, so you're going to put a he lot hit of really well last year for you guys. Glaber did hit really well, and that's what's going to no, be uh, Peraza. Yeah, he played well when he came up. Was, he I'm really well. About, he had like 300. I'm excited about Oswaldo Cabrera. That's one person I'm excited about as well. So we'll see. Where is what, he going to play, though? He's probably he's a utility man, so he's going to be in the outfield to start off. We'll see. Yeah. The it's problem is with this team. The this problem year. is the Yankees want to kind of start some of these kids, but there's these crappy veterans on very bad contracts that they can't move, like Donaldson and Hicks. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, I don't know. Yankees, I just hope that they can tread water for the first couple months of the season, kind of start to pick it up a little bit once you get the starting pitching back with Severino, Rodon. Um, We'll kind of go from there and see if you get Tommy Canely back, and then hopefully guys like Anthony Volpe can contribute a little bit. That's what you want to see. Um, That's what they really need. They need more bats in the lineup, more guys to hit for average. No, it should be a good game tomorrow. Uh, Giants, Giants, Yankees at one one oh five at Yankee Lo- Stadium. Logan, Logan Webb up against Garrett Cole. Uh, yeah, Michael Conforto makes his re- uh, <laughs> his return to New York. I have to say, are you concerned about Scherzer and Verlander? How their springs went? I forgot which one no. of the two. Which one of the two said they weren't ready at all right now? Might have been Scherzer. It was Scherzer. And then Verlander didn't look good in his last start either. I'm not that concerned. The The only thing I think you need to be concerned about those two. Is their age and durability. Is their age the and durability where. That's definitely it happened with Scherzer. It happened with Scherzer last year. Is you know you're going to get Did it really happen with Scherzer last year? He just had that one awful start in the playoffs. 
but, but did he really I mean, look that then, good? Did he really look that good late in the season though? DeGrom was really the one who fell off late in the season. DeGrom's last I, couple outings you, were pretty rough. You have to be concerned about DeGrom, or not DeGrom, Verlander and Scherzer, and if they're going to still I mean, be effective by September. You know you're going to get... Verlander won the, won the Cy Young last year. Yeah, but he didn't have that great of a playoffs. He really didn't. And Max Scherzer didn't have a good playoffs either. So you just... I think you almost need to pull some low management work with uh, your starting pitchers there. Make sure that they're fully rested and uh, capable in September. Yeah, we'll see what Buck does with this team. Uh, if he kind of plays that load management. Yeah, and it's interesting. They do have an older pitching staff. Even someone like Cookie Carrasco up there in age as well. So three of their five starting pitchers are of the older side. It's Carlos Carrasco might be over the age of 30 as well. So three of their five stars are over 30. Those are some guys who are going to need some rest. We'll see yeah, we'll... what they do with innings management uh, with there. Maybe Tyler McGill comes up eventually, gets some starts for this team. He's starting the year in uh, AAA Syracuse. So he's he's another he's another guy who's proven himself in the past, who can come in and pitch big innings for this team. Uh, I think David Peterson's definitely going to take on a bigger role for this team this year. We all saw what he can do. He pitched really well last season, and he's some guy. He's one guy he's going to need to really step up and produce for the Mets team this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I'm not as optimistic this year as I was last year for both these teams, but I guess it's more of kind of a sprint to the trade deadline, see if then we can improve the team at the trade deadline because I think there's serious questions on both sides. Yeah, but opening day should be fun tomorrow. Uh, as we said, Mets going down to Miami, taking on the Marlins to start off the season. Giants-Yankees from Yankee Stadium. Uh, Nothing's be better one. than opening day. Nick, let's, let's talk about another uh, big player in New York who's had some uh, – had some technical fouls. Obviously, we saw his. Well, I don't really want to call it a fight. I guess like confrontation, confrontation with with quickly with, uh, with Emmanuel quickly. What are you concerned about, Julius Randall? Right now, I mean, if you're Tibbs, what do you need to do with your star player? Julius has been obviously a big part of the Knicks team this year, and he's played some great basketball. Are you concerned about Julius? And what what should the Knicks do? I mean, obviously, we're in Houston uh, two nights ago, but this Knicks team still has a lot of meaningful basketball left to play. And what do you do with Julius right now? I think I'll talk, I'll say this, and it kind of goes a little bit random. This is actually where the importance of Jalen Brunson comes in. And this is why Jalen Brunson was such a huge acquisition this offseason. When do we, this is the first time we've had to really talk about Randall. And any outbursts this year? What was Randall doing last year? Yeah, he was. What was he booing the fans, giving like middle the finger, down, middle finger? There was a lot of controversy with Julius and, last year. And you know when was that happening? When he wasn't playing well, and because he was relied to be the guy. And if they're not winning, it's because of him, and because of all the pressure that's on him. 
in 2021, when Randall had an unbelievable year, we didn't have any issues. Do you remember that many technical fouls called on Randall when he was playing well? Knicks were winning. They were the four seed in the playoffs. In 2020, no, no issues. We never, we never had this conversation in 2020. It 2020, started last year, and now it's come. It's creeping again this year because it can't, they because they started losing, and it was because of him that they were losing because he wasn't playing well. Right. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't playing well. So now let's. It's only a couple games span too. It snapped so quick. But but let me point out why. Let me point out why. So we haven't had any issues this year. When did these issues start? The last few games. It started with the Clippers game, right? I believe that 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 game. That game was slot. He shot like three of nineteen that game. They they lost a lot of games in that stretch, and who wasn't on the court? Yeah, when Jalen Brunson had the foot injury. What I noticed with Randall I mean, is when that... on the court, yeah. Rand- when pressure's off. When the well, pressure's off, off, Randall. Completely, it's just not as much pressure. And and then Randall starts to get frustrated when they're losing, and the pressure's on him to help them win. Randall can't be the number one guy. It's very clear. He can't be. He has to be a number two, or he has to be a number three. Because... You need to take pressure off of him and not make him the main reason why you're losing basketball games. Because the Knicks lose with both Brunson and Randall out there. It might still be bad, but it won't be as bad as it is if it's just Randall out on the floor. That's what makes Jalen Brunson that much more important. Julius's game has improved significantly from last year to this year because there's a lot more pressure off of him with Brunson out there. And it even showed in his attitude. And as soon as Brunson left the court, Nick started losing games. Randall started having outbursts again. And it it is a problem. It needs to stop. I hope I'm disappointed in Tom Thibodeau for not getting involved or getting that situation under control. I'm very disappointed in that. Obviously, he let the assistant coaches handle when Julius got into IQ's face, which is... You know what it reminds me of, Zach? What does it remind you of? I don't know where you're going. Odell here. in 2015 with the Panthers and Josh Norman. Josh Norman. That's yeah. where that's where well, those Tom... guys were on different teams, though. These IQ and but, Julius are on the same team. But that's what I think got Tom Coughlin fired. Is Tom Coughlin did not do anything that's questionable. to step in. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's what got Tom Coughlin fired. But Tom Coughlin didn't control his player when he was supposed to be a disciplinary coach. And it started to go off the rails from there. Tom Thibodeau better... It was going off the rails already. With the, It was with starting to go off the rails, but I felt like that started to push it over the edge. We weren't over the edge yet, but we started to get over the edge now. Now Tom Thibodeau has let this happen a couple of times now. And if he doesn't get Randall under control, and the Knicks have a disappointing playoffs, I don't really see... I could see it considered because that's on Tom. Yeah, that's why I more will put it on Tom. I would just hate to see Julius it Turner. because the Knicks have been great for the majority of the season. And Julius has been great for the majority of the season. But I'll say it is and on the coach. It it's is on just the coach as much on the coach player at this point, especially a star player like Julius. I don't know. They're going to need Julius to play well. And I, I playing great basketball his... right now for the, for the Knicks. How how good has IQ been this season? It's been a transformation year, and like we said, Zach, 
they need that third player behind Brunson and Randall, and it's either got to be quickly or Barrett on a night in, night out basis. And as long as one of those two show up and Brunson and Randall show up, the Knicks are going to be a hard team to beat. How big is tonight? Get tonight's game. Knicks home against Miami. It's it this doesn't kill game. the Knicks if they get this, but you want to keep that fifth seed. You want to stay away from that playing tournament, and you kind of want to. Yeah, you don't really want to draw Philadelphia in the next round, in the first rounds. Right. I'd rather like, draw Cleveland than uh, Philly. It looks like the Knicks are slipping behind Cleve- Cleveland. Uh, they've. What are we? They're not going half back of Cleveland's Cleveland right already. Now? Cleveland's clinched the playoff spot, so I don't think they're going to get the fourth seed. It's just a matter of trying to hold on to that fifth seed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Battle between them, Brooklyn and Miami. Uh, yeah, the Knicks really. Just stay out of that playing tournament, please. They got a little bit of wiggle room, but losing yeah, this game hurts that for sure. Losing this game, any any game you play against Brooklyn and Miami, you have to it's a almost yeah. almost win. Well, this helps with the tiebreaker against the Nets as well. So this really is an important game to win. Yeah, absolutely for the Knicks. We'll see though. They Nets, I think we don't have many expectations for for the playoffs, but. The Knicks just need to be consistent because they we've seen times where I think they can compete with any team in this conference and times where they can't. So just if they can stick to their game and find their game, I think they'll be a tough draw. And I don't see a reason why we can't get past the Cavs in the first round. That would be a great series, I think. You know what it is? It's Cavs. I think those how, two match up pretty well. How appropriate is it that we didn't get Donovan Mitchell this offseason? And we're going to really find out now what was the right deal. Yeah. We'll because I feel Grimes like can deliver I feel series. like there's been a back and forth of they should have made that deal, they shouldn't have made that deal. We're going to find out right now. I I was on the side of that the asking price was too high. I think the price was too high. But I we're going to find that right out. Because if the Cavs beat the Knicks, we're going to look back on and say, we made a mistake, we should have grabbed... Um. Yeah, and it looks like there's a good chance that's going to be the series in the first round. So that should be an interesting one. That would be a dogfight. Two very very evenly matched teams, I'd say. Yeah, we'll see. Donovan Mitchell Vengeance series? Yeah. Some other... uh, Talk about a a league with a lot of parity right now and two pretty, pretty evenly matched teams. Let's talk about the Devils and the Rangers. Big game tomorrow night at the Rock. Yes. Devils uh, have a two-point lead right now over the Rangers. So Rangers yep. have the tiebreaker as well. So if they win this game in regulation, home ice returns back to the guard. We let's be realistic. It's basically a lock at this point that the Rangers and Devils are going to play each other in the first round, unless somehow Carolina slips, yeah, which I, mean, I don't think they will. Devils only three points behind Carolina right now, but with only eight games left, eight or nine games left, that's that's still a tall order. It's a tall order, but it's doable. Well, let's talk about first of all, both teams clinch the playoff spot. Devils both teams Rangers. Do. Both teams so, are in. Devils first time in the playoffs since 2017. So it's been a long time coming. So happy to see the Devils get back in the playoffs. Uh, a lot of young players on this team. So curious to see how they perform in the playoffs. Obviously, the Rangers last year, they won two series. So they and have we're some two games experience. away from the Stanley Cup uh, final with a lot of guys in their first. You never know, Zach. The hockey play 
NHL playoffs are a crapshoot and complete crap. Rangers had half their guys never even played a Stanley Cup playoff game before. And they were two games within two games of going to the Stanley Cup. And we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how the Devils do because it is a young team with probably little to no playoff experience across the board there when you think about it. Obviously, we know Jack Hughes and Nico Hishier never play in the playoff game. Well, that's before. why you got Palat. Has Vanacek Palat with Washington? Was Washington know. in the playoffs last year? Yes, but was he the starter? No, he wasn't the starter. Did he, he even play Lakers? Maybe. Okay, little to maybe a couple games there. Dougie Hamilton has some playoff experience, right? Uh, I believe he does. Yep. Yes, for Brad. Nope. Dawson I mean, Mercer. Hughes, no. Heisher, no. Brad, no. Mercer, no. Tatar, I don't think any. Yeah, obviously Hughes, no. Uh, Timo, does Timo have any with San Jose? Tino probably does, yeah. Actually, I feel hmm. like San Jose struggled for, for a few you might... years. Thomas Sitar might. He's been in the league since 2010. Oh, he definitely does. He was with Vegas in 2017-2018. So he's oh, been he to was? a Stanley Cup. Okay. He played 20 games with them. So, yeah, he's... Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the Stanley Cup with them. So, I mean... You got some experience there. I feel like any of the three teams coming out of the Atlantic, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa can make a run. I think we can agree That's... with that. The Eastern Conference, this is what scares me about it, is first off, it's going to be a teams. Devils. It's going to be a Devils Rangers first round series, most likely, unless Carolina drops, like I said. It is going to be terrible. Whoever loses that series. The Rangers have made all these moves. They have Patrick Kane, they have Tarasenko, they have the goalie. Big expectations on them. Two games away from the Stanley Cup final last year, and you're gonna have a first round exit to your Hudson River rival. You yeah. cannot do that. And there's then you no guys pressure on the Devils. Well, no, you I guys are having your best pressure. No, the pressure is 100 no more on the Rangers. Yeah, no one expected the Devils to be but, this good. This is your first playoff series in 10 years. You've never had a team this good in a while. You might not again. And to go on a first ah, round. I don't know about exit. that. We might, what do you mean we might not have again? We, we have a lot of this team under contract. I don't know. I we're young too. I think just how well the Devils have been this year. You're telling me that if you look back in when you and I were in the garden in late November watching Devils Rangers, you're telling me that you wouldn't be extremely disappointed with seeing that team have a first round exit, especially to a rival. Well, I don't want to see them lose to the Rangers in the first round. I mean, would you? But, but, um, not only that, not only losing to the Rangers in the playoffs would hurt, but you're telling me a first round exit to any team wouldn't hurt, especially with the season the Devils have had, where they've been a top two team in the Metro, a top three, four team in the East all year, and go out in the first rounds. You're telling me you won't be extremely disappointed with that. I wouldn't say extremely. I'd be pretty disappointed. You when we get to this season, if you told me the Devils would have this record right now and go maybe like seven games in the first round and lose, I think I'd take that. I would take don't, that. That's that's don't, 
don't start to put moral victories in here. You've been watching this team all season, and I think you've been, I think Devils fans now have high expectations for this team from how well they've been playing this year. And a first round exit to them will not. I think this team's a tough regardless who it is. Playoffs against any team. Every Eastern Conference team is a tough draw. They have so much speed. They play so fast every night. They do. They I can don't wear, disagree with they that. They can wear a team down in a seven-game series. I don't know about that. I think they can. They're, they're, the Devils are set up for... But they've got a good defensive play this season. The problem is I think the Devils are very explosive. So you got to eliminate big plays for them. Well, they have three very explosive players on their team. I'm, now I'm that you sick team of... I think every game this year that I've watched Rangers Devils, there's been a Jack Hughes breakaway somewhere Hughes, in that game. He's so talented, so fast, so explosive. We'll see. But tomorrow's going to be a big deal because Nico's it's really determining too. who's going to get home ice in the. Uh, it's really going to be the factor of who gets home ice in that first round series, which most likely is going to be Devils Rangers. So we'll see. Um, I'm excited about it. I'll be at both Yankee Stadium and The Rock tomorrow to cheer on both teams. Going to kill it. Yeah, a lot of exciting basketball, hockey, and baseball coming up uh, very soon. I think uh, we're both really excited for opening day. And then, obviously, Devils-Rangers coming up. Uh, Nick's got a big game tonight against Miami. So, a lot of good New York sports th- coming up Islanders, in the next couple days. We didn't talk much about the Islanders, but the Islanders, Islanders look good looks in the like, spot, too. Oh, looks like yeah, they'll get that wild card spot. Yeah, they'll probably get that first wild card spot over they probably will. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So but yeah, we'll we have three New York hockey teams in the playoffs this year. And two, five, five New York teams will be in the playoffs, and two will now be starting with high expectations. What a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I think that's all the time we have for today. As always, thank you guys for tuning in and make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok if you're not following us already. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys, as always. And uh looking forward to the next few weeks.